0: We're going to start reading from John, chapter 18, verse 28, reading through to chapter 19, verse 16. Uh, Then the Jews led Jesus from Cephas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? ''If he were not a criminal,'' they replied, ''we would not have handed him over to you.'' Pilate said, ''Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law.'' ''But we have no right to execute anyone,'' the Jews objected. ''This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled.'' Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, ''Are you the king of the Jews?'' ''Is that your own idea?'' Jesus asked, Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king in fact for this reason i was born and for this i came into the world to testify to the truth everyone on the side of truth listens to me what is truth pilate asked with this he went out again to the jews and said i find no basis for a charge against him but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the passover do you want me to release the king of the jews They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Uh, Chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I have found no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to him, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabatha. It was the day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Amen.
1: Okay, let's just pray as we come to consider God's word. Father, we pray that uh, you would now quieten our hearts and our minds, help us to focus on what your word is saying to us, that uh, we would be changed in our thinking and we would grow in our affection uh, for Jesus and all that he is and all that he's done for us. And we pray this in his name. Amen. This Tuesday night, uh, Jewish people all around the globe will... Uh, be doing something which uh, the Jews have been doing since the time of Moses. Uh, In the Jewish religious calendar, this Tuesday night is the same night that uh, God passed through the nation of Egypt and he did so in judgment. Uh, It's the same night that he passed over those households whose doorposts were covered with the blood of a sacrificed lamb. And so on Tuesday night, uh, Jewish families will uh, gather together in homes for a special meal. And as they eat, special prayers will be said. Uh, They will remember that uh, that time when God, through Moses, saved their ancestors out of their slavery in Egypt. But unlike their ancestors, they will not sacrifice and eat a lamb on Tuesday. Uh, From uh, what I've been able to uh, work out, the Jews have not uh, sacrificed a Passover lamb since the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. Uh, Before the temple was destroyed, They used to sacrifice a lamb in the temple, or many lambs, a lamb for each household in the temple, on the afternoon. Uh, That same lamb would then be served at the Passover meal that evening. Uh, But this Tuesday afternoon, instead of a lamb being sacrificed, uh, there will be words that will be spoken in the afternoon which will symbolise the sacrifice of a lamb And at the Passover meal in some households there will be a, what do they call it, a lamb shank uh, would be served as a symbol of a sacrificed lamb. But no sacrifice will take place. Now over these past few weeks we've been considering the very last Passover that Jesus shared with his disciples as we've looked at uh, John chapters 14 through to 17 Uh, Today we get to the second half of chapter 18 and the first half of chapter 19. And so let me uh, paint the picture for you if you'd like to turn those passages up in your uh, pew Bibles. It was of course a huge day in Jerusalem. The city was packed with people. Some of the people who were in Jerusalem on that particular day were people who wanted Jesus dead. They wanted him to die. Now, last Sunday, we saw that the Jewish chief priests now had Jesus in custody. They had arrested him in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, late at night. Uh, They had taken him to uh, the high priest uh, Annas. Uh, He was then interviewed by the high priest Caiaphas. In other gospels, we're told that he was then taken to Herod. But now in verse 28, they take him to the Roman governor, Pilate. It was early in the morning and we're told that they wanted Pilate to come out of his palace to meet them outside. Why did they not want to enter Pilate's palace? We're told that it was because they wanted to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness. What was the reason for that? Why did they want to avoid being ceremonially unclean? Well, have a look in verse 28. Do you see what it says? In verse 28, the reason was because they wanted to eat the Passover. That evening, they would share in the Passover meal. Now, that raises an issue for us, doesn't it, when you think about it? You see, Jesus and his disciples had already eaten the Passover, hadn't they? They'd already sacrificed a lamb and eaten that lamb the night before, on the night which has just passed. And that's what John chapters 13 to 17 has been all about. But these Jews were yet to celebrate the Passover that night. Now, why so? Uh, Why was the Passover being celebrated on two different nights? Uh, From what I can uh, discover, it seems that it has to do with the way that days start and finish. Uh, For us, uh, a day starts at midnight and finishes at midnight, but uh, that's not been the case for uh, people in different cultures in different parts of the world at different times. It was uh, not the case in the Bible. Uh, For most Jews, a day would start at sunset and finish at sunset. It actually had to do with the rising of the moon. But for Jews, um, and so it was at sunset, not at midnight, but at sunset that one day clicked over to the next day uh, not so for Jews who lived in the north, who lived in uh, the region around Galilee, as Jesus did. Uh, they, their, their day would start and finish at sunrise. And so therefore, they would be half a day ahead. In Exodus chapter 12, God said that it was on the 14th day of the first month of the spring uh, new moon, that they were to slaughter the lamb in the afternoon and eat the lamb that evening, on the 14th day of the Jewish month of Nisan. And for Jesus and his disciples who were from Galilee, the 14th day was the day before. And so that is uh, when they would celebrate the Passover and then allowed to celebrate the Passover on that day in Jerusalem. Now, it sounds very confusing, doesn't it? Are, are you with me? Are, have I lost you? Are you confused? you can imagine what it was like? I mean, we Aussies, we'd never be so silly as to, to do something like that, would we, you know, have one part of the country, you know, on different time zones? Um, <laughs> you know, talk to anyone who's lived on the Queensland-New South Wales border during daylight saving time, you know, you live in tweed heads but your medical appointments in cool and Gatto and it's a one hour different and you you know very very you know, you know we do the same thing so the bottom line here is that Jesus and his disciples had just celebrated the Passover but for these Jews for most Jews in fact passover was just beginning uh, in verses 28 through to 32 the Jews had now taken Jesus to the Roman governor Pilate. And I want us to focus on those verses uh, for a few moments, verses 28 through to 32, because uh, these verses are full of irony and hypocrisy. I want to uh, just point out three things to you uh, of uh, hypocrisy and irony. Firstly, there's hypocrisy in these verses because the Jewish chief priests were about to celebrate the Passover and because they wanted to celebrate the Passover, that, as I've said, is the reason why they would not enter into Pilate's palace. The problem for them was that Pilate was a a Gentile and that if they entered into his palace, there was a reasonable chance that they may come into contact with uh, some item, uh, it was something in his palace that was ritualistically, ceremonially unclean according to the law of Moses. And if that happened, then they would be considered to be unclean for the next seven days and they would therefore not be able to participate in the Passover. And so therefore, they had Pilate come out to them. Now, what is the problem here? Uh, Do you see any hypocrisy in this? There's great hypocrisy, isn't it, in this? Because what they're saying is that they wanted to be squeaky clean, according to religious observances. Uh, They wanted to be squeaky clean on the outside, but what was going on on the inside of their hearts? The very reason that they were at the doorstep of Pilate's palace is because of evil, that they were in the process of wanting an innocent man to be killed. There is great hypocrisy. On the outside, they look like they're religiously clean, upright, righteous. But on the inside, well, they're like whitewashed tombs. Now, the second issue in these verses is this. Why did they take Jesus to Pilate in any case? I mean, why didn't they just simply execute Jesus themselves and it seems that Pilate was wondering that very same question because uh, in verse 31 they've turned up at his doorstep it's uh, early in the morning Uh, he's probably not feeling like having this happen to him at this point in the day and in verse 31 he just tells them to go off and to judge Jesus themselves according to their own law do you see that but they respond to that by reminding Pilate that they had no legal authority to execute a man. See, they want to keep the, the Roman law, don't they? Well, had that ever stopped them before? No, it hadn't. I mean, there's two cases in John's Gospel in uh, chapter 8 and chapter 10 where they had no hesitation in attempting to stone Jesus to death. Uh, Later on in the Acts of the Apostles we uh, learn that they had no hesitation in uh, stoning Christians uh, at at their own whim. The truth of the matter is that they have a hidden agenda. They actually prefer the Romans to kill Jesus. Uh, The Jewish method of execution was stoning But the Old Testament law in Deuteronomy chapter 21 said that if a man is executed for a crime and if his body is hung from a tree, then that man is to be considered to be cursed by God. That's Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 23. Now Romans executed people by hanging them from a cross. A cross is made from a tree. And that therefore suited the Jewish chief priests very nicely because they actually wanted everybody to see that Jesus, far from being someone who's come from God, as he claimed, that in actual fact he was cursed by God. They wanted Jesus to die a Roman death. But guess what? So too did God want Jesus to die that kind of death. Have a look at verse 32. In verse 32 we're told this happened so that the words Jesus had spoken indicating the kind of death he was going to die would be fulfilled. Now when did Jesus ever indicate the kind of death that he was going to die? Well you need to go back to uh, chapter 12 of John. In chapter 12 verse 32 uh, where Jesus says, But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. And uh, John says in verse 33, he said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Uh, Jesus knew it would be this kind of death. Uh, The the Romans, uh, they crucify people. It's a brutal form of execution. Uh, It's... um, they, they nail the victim to the cross when the, the cross is laying horizontally on the ground and then they lift up that cross uh, with, a, with a pole stuck in the ground. They lift it up vertically. Now why would Jesus want this? Well, it, it goes back to an incident that happened in the Old Testament when the Jews having been liberated from Egypt, were wandering around in the desert and they rebelled against God. And in Numbers chapter 21, God punished them by sending a whole lot of venomous snakes into their camp. When they cried out to God for help, God commanded Moses to to produce a snake uh, made of bronze and to put that snake on a pole to elevate that pole and anyone who looked up to the snake that was on the pole, that person would live. They would be healed. They would be saved. Uh, you may remember back to the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. You know, in John chapter three, where he said, you know, for, where it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life." Well in chapter 3 in that conversation with Nicodemus Jesus said to Nicodemus Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Yes Jesus would hang from a tree Yes Jesus would be cursed by God but would all happen for our sakes so that we can look to Jesus be forgiven as he took our punishment upon himself we too can have eternal life so thirdly though in verse 29 back to the trial when Pilate asked them the chief priests what Jesus had done wrong how did Pilate answer them oh sorry how did they answer Pilate have a look at verse 30 In verse 30, they simply said, if he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Now, what do you make of that answer? You know, Pilate said, okay, what charge is there against this man? And they've said, well, hang on. If he wasn't a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. It actually sounds that they don't actually have any charges. It sounds like they're just going to Pilate For Pilate to kind of rub a stamp, so he can then be crucified. But uh, to their to their surprise, Pilate actually is interested to know what the charge is. He wants to put Jesus on trial, and it seems that if you read reading between the lines, that they pressed that Pilate pressed the Jews for a charge, and they told him that Jesus claimed to be a king. Now, that's not the charge that they had against him. The charge that they had against him was blasphemy. But they've they've told this one to to Pilate uh, for a reason because uh, by claiming to be a king, Jesus would be guilty of the crime of treason. And that puts Pilate into a difficult position because if Jesus was a king... Uh, Then that may mean that he's actually plotting and planning a rebellion against the Roman occupation. And Pilate's boss back in Rome, Caesar, would not be impressed to hear about this. And so Pilate has to question Jesus. He brings him into the palace, and in verse 33, he puts the question to Jesus directly Are you the king of the Jews? Let's have a look at the answer that Jesus gives in verse 36. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. And so Jesus has gone on trial before Pilate and the verdict is not guilty. But this is not the end of the matter because Pilate is actually afraid. He He's, he's, he's walking a tightrope. He doesn't want to make the Jews unhappy. Um, he can't afford for there to be another uprising. There's already been a few uprisings and that's gotten him offside with Caesar. In fact eventually Pilate was uh, relieved from his post because uh, he, he couldn't control control the Jews. But here he's, he's walking this tightrope because He knows that there are people who like Jesus and so he's concerned that if he convicts Jesus then some people could riot. Uh, On the other hand, uh, Jesus has been brought to him by the chief priests and if he lets Jesus off, there could be a riot as well. So in verse 39, he may actually have an easy solution, a way out. Uh, What he does is he simply asks the crowd... What they want. Uh, You see, in order to reduce tension between the Romans and the Jews, the Romans had come up with a practice whereby at the Passover they would release a prisoner to the Jews. And so Pilate then gave them a choice. Who did they want released? Uh, Barabbas, a convicted murderer who had already been found guilty of treason who had in fact organised an uprising against the Romans? Or Jesus, who had healed the blind and healed the deaf, who had caused crippled people to be able to walk, uh, who had spoken truth from God? Uh, Which one would they want released from prison? Well, in verse 40, they chose Barabbas. So that didn't work for Pilate. Uh, Pilate did not want to kill Jesus, uh, not because he was a just and righteous man, because he wasn't. He was a ruthless and brutal uh, person. Uh, It was because in Matthew's account, uh, in Matthew chapter 27, Matthew recounts that Pilate's wife had had a dream about Jesus. And she had gone to Pilate and warned him to have nothing to do with this man, because if he did, something bad might happen. And so Pilate is actually afraid. And here we see that what he does is he desperately tries to free Jesus for his own sake. Uh, We see it in verses 1 through to 6. In verse 1 of uh, chapter 19, Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. He had him whipped and the soldiers dressed Jesus in a royal outfit. That was in order to mock the Jews to say this is what we think of your king. But it's important to think about the flogging because it may in fact be that Pilate intended that the flogging should be the sum total of the punishment dished out against Jesus Sometimes the Romans would flog a person simply as a warning, you know, like, uh, you know, we're going to do this to you, we're just letting you off lightly, don't do it again. Uh, In fact, in Luke 23, in Luke's account of this situation, uh, Luke records that Pilate said to the Jews, and I quote, This man has done nothing to deserve death, therefore I will flog him and then release him to you. Uh, And then release him. But here we see in verses 5 to 6 that when Pilate presented Jesus to them beaten and flogged when he said to them, here is the man it wasn't good enough. No, they wanted blood. And so they shouted out, crucify, crucify we want his death. Nothing less than that. The hymn writer wrote, A murderer they save, the prince of life they slay. That was a choice they made. Uh, in verse 6, Pilate wants no part of this. He says, you, you can take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. And then comes the truth. Verse 7, The Jews insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. Now, uh, this really frightened Pilate even more. We're told that he was afraid. The issue for Pilate then is, well, who am I really dealing with at this point? If Jesus really was from God, then what would happen to Pilate? What about the dream that his wife had had? so he tried to question Jesus again, but, to, uh, with, but he got no answer from Jesus. Have a look at verses 10 and 11. In verse 10, he said to Jesus, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one handing me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Well, a small comfort to uh, Pilate to know that Caiaphas was guilty of a greater sin uh, than uh, Pilate was. But uh, the issue here is that Pilate thought that he was in charge. He thought that he was the ruler. Jesus reminds him that he too has a ruler. He too is accountable to God. And so again he tried to release Jesus. But then in verse 12, the Jews drew their their trump card. In verse 12, they said, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. Uh, That's their trump card. There's one thing that uh, Pilate does not want to be known as. And that's someone who's not a friend of Caesar. He doesn't want to be guilty of traitor, being a traitor. He doesn't want to be guilty of treason himself. Now, John tells us in verse 14 that all of this happened about the sixth hour. Uh, just, so just to confuse the time issue even more, this is probably Roman time that he's talking about because the Romans, like us, they measured the day from starting and finishing at midnight so what they, this means is that this is about 6 o'clock in the morning that this is happening. It's been a long night uh, for uh, the chief priests and for Jesus and his disciples. For Jesus, it, it started with the Passover meal the night before. It moved to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, he was arrested. He'd been taken to Annas and then to Caiaphas and then in one of the other Gospels to, to Herod. So this has been an all-night thing for Jesus. It's now six o'clock in the morning. Later that night, uh, these same chief priests would enjoy their Passover meal. The Passover is a complex uh, meal uh, consisting of various dishes which are symbolic of uh, aspects of God and his character and what he's done. Uh, There are different cups of wine that are drunk at different times during the meal. Um, There are readings, particularly readings from Psalm 113 through to Psalm 118. Uh, Those psalms are read towards the end of the meal. And At the conclusion of the reading of those psalms, uh, the uh, Jewish people, uh, the Jews would recite a special prayer to God. I want to uh, read this prayer to you and I want you to have in mind that this is the prayer that these same chief priests would have been praying at the Passover meal in only a few hours after what they're doing at this point at Pilate's Palace. Listen to the words of this prayer that they would pray. They would say to God, And I quote, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. Beside you we have no king, redeemer or saviour no liberator, deliverer, provider, none who takes pity in every time of distress or trouble. We have no king but you. And yet That very day when Pilate offered to release their king to them, these same chief priests to their everlasting shame answered Pilate in verse 15 by saying, We have no king but Caesar. You see that? It was they who were guilty of treason. Treason against the very God they professed to be their king. Pilate, we're told, then handed Jesus over to the soldiers to be crucified. And so it would be that later that afternoon, between 3pm and 6pm, that these chief priests... Uh, would be busy in the temple court, offering up the, slaughtering up the Passover lambs. But friends, at exactly that same time, another Passover lamb, a better lamb, the real Passover lamb, would also be in the process of being slaughtered on an altar outside of the city, made from a tree, cursed by God in our place, lifted up high, so that all who look to him would not be punished. The real Passover lamb. And so this Friday... We celebrate Good Friday. We celebrate on the day, actual day in the week, uh, that Jesus died on the cross, and He is in fact the real Passover. For as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. And so I leave you with that thought this morning as we reflect on the uh, great wisdom and the love of God. His wisdom in the Passover sacrificial system that finds its fulfillment when Jesus was lifted up high for our sakes. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your great wisdom, your mercy in providing the sacrificial lamb of the Passover. Father, we thank you for Jesus's obedience to you, even through the anguish of the cross as he separated from you, that he was obedient unto death for our sakes. Father, we pray this Easter week that as we consider what he has done for us, that we would, uh, Lord, uh, be um, encouraged and that we would grow in our affection for you uh, as we understand more of the, the depth of what was actually happening. Father, we pray that we would be people who put our trust in you And find the forgiveness that comes through the cross. We pray for our Good Friday service. We pray that there would be many people here to hear of that sacrifice. And that you and your mercy would be changing lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.